0: Growing your ministry will never satisfy you more than growing your marriage or growing your family or growing whatever it may be, just family life, your your own relationship with Jesus. And for me, I learned that the hard way.
1: This is the Helping You Win Leadership Podcast. Our number one goal is to help you take a step, whether it's in life, leadership, or ministry. The mission is simple, to help you win. We're so glad you've joined us today. Be sure to subscribe and follow us on social media at Helping You Win Podcast. Now, here's your host, Seth Tomboli. Man, thank you guys for joining us today on the Helping You Win podcast. This is Seth here, and I have a good friend of mine all the way from Miami, Florida, which, man, it'd be so nice to be in Miami right now, Phil, because Arkansas, the Arkansas weather, bro, is so unpredictable. It's just, it's stupid, but I've got Phil Uh, Mion, is that right? Did I say it right? Dude, I've, I've been butchering this guy's last name for years and he just told me about it y'all. So, um, I've got Phil here from Calvary church. He leads a ministry at Calvary church. It's Calvary youth. And, uh, this dude is killing it. Um, I've always looked up to his leadership and the way that he leads students. I, I know very few people that love students the way that he does. And, uh, I just was like, man, I'm gonna get him on the podcast and talk about leadership and, uh, all the things he's passionate about. And so Phil, man, I want to hand it over to you. Tell us who you are, um, what you're doing right now. And, uh, just, just all that good stuff.
0: Well, dude, Seth, thank you so much for having me. Um, you know, I know i told you do text and, and whatnot, but dude, it's a huge honor to be on this. Love what you're doing. I believe this is truly helping people. And just to be a part of it, even to just to be a listener, a subscriber is, 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 uh, already enough but to be asked to be on this um, it's a huge honor bro so I appreciate you man you thank bet. you for thank me and uh, having me on and so I'm ex- excited a lot a lot of fun we're gonna have yeah and it's gonna be great but uh, like you said before I'm a youth pastor at Calvary Church here in Miami Florida uh, it's year four for me being a youth pastor and a little backstory uh, you know didn't grow up in the church um, but got saved at a youth camp in Calvary at the age of 17 and Fell in love with it uh, since day one. And so I was a student there for two years, 17 to 18. Uh, then I went away for college in Arkansas, Cersei Town, and uh, was spending there. <laughs> huge, huge, uh, huge culture shock, but it was awesome. I love, always have a place for Arkansas. It's amazing. And uh, so I was there. And again, it would come back and forth uh, during the holidays, but it was always plugged in at church. And uh, when I graduated, immediately got plugged into the youth ministry, became a leader there. And then the day uh, came where the door opened for me to be the pastor. And uh, it was a huge honor. I'll never forget it. And uh, we've been running since. And so that's where I'm at. It's incredible. I love, uh, students just love helping uh, the younger generation not make the same mistakes that I did. And so if I could do any of that, that's what I'm passionate about. And things have been great. We talked a little bit about this, Seth, but Even with COVID, um, students are on fire for Jesus. They want to be in church. They want to serve. They want to be in community. And so just seeing that and and coming back uh, to in-person gatherings has been incredible. I feel like our youth ministry has been in the best place it's ever been pre-COVID and and all that. And so I'm excited for what God's doing, what he's going to do. And uh, he's doing a lot of amazing things. And so we're in a really, really good place. And uh, I can't wait to see what's next man. It's gonna be incredible.
1: Heck, yeah. Well, it's so funny because when I I'm trying to think back to the first time we talked, it was a couple years ago I reached out to Phil on social media. And I uh, was just trying to see what they're doing in Miami and, you know, from social media, everything um, he was doing, I was just like, bro, you got to, you got to give me the scoop. And then come to find out we have, we may have played baseball against each other back in college. We don't really know, but um, yeah. anyways, it's just a small world dude from Miami ends up in Searcy, Arkansas playing baseball. And now he's a youth hey, pastor man it was was like they never seen a
0: cuban before right exactly
1: and anyway that's that's hilarious bro well dude i'm curious for you when did it when did you know that you were supposed to start leading people and helping people win when did that start for you
0: man you know i don't know if there's an exact date but i I do think there was hints of it um being involved in team sports um played football since i was eight years old um you know, so little league, um, and then high school ball and, uh, in high school was named the team captain. Um, and so again, for, for me, it's like, did I know the fundamentals of leadership? Not really at a young age. Again, all I knew was looking at my mom and my dad and, and, um, just trying to be like them and, and what they taught me and things like that. But it felt like at that age, somebody wanted to hear from me, somebody or guys around me, liked what I had to say or, or how I was as a person, as a a football player. And so there was hints of it then. And then in college, uh, the same thing. And for me, I just felt like as I got older and started to put the pieces together, I felt little by little, um, God just started dropping those hints of, hey, um, this is what I've called you to do. Not that I'm better than anybody, but there is something different where um, people do care what I have to say. And I felt like for me, when it got to that point where I really felt called, like um, I want to lead, I want to get into ministry. I want to help people. I want to build people up, not just um, not just on a, on a Sunday or on a Friday when we do youth ministry, but in every day, like really get in people's worlds type of thing. Um, it got to the point where I feel like once I knew that that was 100% what I was going to do, I thought about everybody who's always poured into my life, whether it's my mom, my dad, um, family members, whether it's coaches, whether it's pastors and leaders, I thought about all the information, all the wisdom that was given to me. And I felt like with that calling and now the wisdom that I've attained colliding together was like, man, the best thing I can do with my life is to share everything I've learned to people that are hungry, that people that want to be better people, that want to be better bosses, Mm. coworkers, pastors, uh, athletes, whatever it may be, um, I wanted to get everything I learned and share with others. Not that I know everything. I'm 30 years old. I'm still learning yeah. to this day. Um, but I felt like that's where it was. It was like, okay, I'm listening to the hints. I'm seeing the doors open. Now that I'm confident in that calling, in that, okay, I really think 100% God's called me to this. Mm. I've learned so much from my own failures and people around me that um, that it's time. It's time to, to take a position of, hey, I just want to go on the journey with people. I want to just... Uh, help them any way I can. And so I think that's kind of how it worked out for me with team sport, but then also getting more involved in church and just taking everything I've learned and just saying, yeah, I, don't, I just, I want to get everything I have and share with other people. And um, maybe it helps you, maybe it doesn't, but um, I want to make sure you don't fall into the same traps that I did. And so that's kind of where I felt like things were leading in my own life to get
1: to where I am, you know, today. I love that. And, and for those listening that don't know, uh, Phil runs his youth ministry on a Friday night in Miami, which is, I've always just like thought about, I'm like, bro, that is wild that you have hundreds of, of students showing up on a Friday night to the church and y'all party man i I love watching what you guys do especially at camp man i'll never forget watching you jump off like this 20-foot ladder into this crowd and like just hundreds of kids (laughs) making decisions once that picture burned from every like social media it's the best picture ever
0: i think i retired after like in the air off the ladder in the air i was like this is it this might be my last jump oh yeah and uh dude but i love it no I mean just real quick why we do fridays and again it's because i didn't grow up in church and didn't know like you know you you know the wednesdays or the sundays for us uh we have kids that are really ratchet and their parents are really ratchet (laughs) yeah yeah. i mean they're just all over the place oh yeah they need jesus don't need jesus but it's like they don't know church culture and so we're like friday night it's the weekend parents are like if you know anything about Miami traffic, it's brutal. Not as brutal as LA, but it's brutal. And so I'd rather a parent, and I think a parent would, would agree with this. They'd rather drop off their kid on a weekend than pick up their kid from school, get home, get back in the car, go Miami traffic on a Wednesday night, then pick them up after service. And so we just felt like Friday works, and it's been great. Yeah. And so I don't think we'll ever change it, but uh, it's awesome. I love that.
1: Love I love that. So you mentioned when, when you found out you knew that you were supposed to lead people, um, you know, there somewhere in there you made a decision, I'm no longer gonna lead people to me, I'm gonna lead them to Christ. And so like what right. what was that like when you realized because I know back in sports and stuff, you know, it's like, man, we're leading people, but where are we leading them? And so like when right. when was that that dividing, you know, that moment for you when you knew I'm I'm gonna lead people to Jesus? I think it was after I I, you know,
0: my, my football career ended, you know, and it was one of those things where your whole life is, this is all, you know, from eight to to 23, I I played football. I practiced lifting. I mean, this is all I knew. It's all I was doing. Yeah. And when that ended, it kind of meant, it kind of meant I had to do some soul searching myself. You know, I got saved at 17. So I've been, my relationship with Jesus had been growing and getting more involved in church and through that, kind of helped this process but for me it was like where am I even going with my own life yeah I understand you know Jesus wants to grow me he wants to mature me he does have a plan for my life but at that point I felt like it was just football and so I graduate and that's over and it's like okay what is you know I know I know God has a moral will for me but what's my specific will right and it was like I can't do the moral I know I know how to behave I know how to you know, talk like Jesus, I want to be more like him. I got that covered. It was the specific, like, what is the specific thing he has for me? That's where it took forever to kind of figure that out. And uh, little by little, I just felt like the more I did my own soul searching, it kind of just revealed itself little by little. And so I didn't become a youth pastor overnight. I was actually, after I graduated, I was a substitute teacher for five years. It's not what I Wanted to do for my life, not what I felt like God's purpose was for my life. But I I did it because when I had to make money, or else yeah. my mom was gonna kick me out of the house. But it was through that process where I felt like it gave, it was almost like an incubation where I just I had time to grow, figure things out. Yeah. And little by little as I was leading in church, serving at a small capacity, I mean that was a youth theater, but you know, cleaning toilets, helping, you know, stack chairs, things like that. Um, it was through that where I felt like I understood why I did these things as minuscule as it felt. It was like, no, the reason why I stack these chairs, the reason why I clean this toilet, or the reason why I hold this door for somebody to come to this church is because I want them to, to know the same Jesus that I know. Yeah. And as anything I could do as small as stacking a chair to preaching, whatever it may be. I felt like it clicked in that moment. We're like, oh, the reason I've been doing it is not because I'm I'm trying to stay out of trouble. Right because Jesus is trying to show me that it's through these simple things that I have a purpose, right? It's not this gigantic, you know, I just started preaching right away. And so it was through these small tasks where it was like, it all clicked. It's like, I'm doing this, this, I know, I now know what I'm doing it for. So I'm going to help people figure that out. And so that's when it clicked through that period where, you know, I still, you know, was figuring out my own life. And so little by little, I was having my own questions with Jesus, my own, uh um, my own wrestling matches with him. But I think little by little things started to get revealed and um, it led me to where I can be right now and confidently say, now I know why I did the things that it did and had to go through things I had to go through.
1: Those that know uh, Phil know that this dude, he, everything he does is infused with passion. So what are you most passionate about right now in life, leadership or ministry?
0: Um, Man, I think right now where I, I, I feel like I want to spend the most time with our leaders at Calvary, but also those students that we get to pastor and talk to is how do we change this mindset of leadership where everybody wants to be the best at something mm-hmm. when we should just try to just get better every single day. Because Here's the thing. I feel like for me, there's, and it all goes to like making leadership simple, um, I think the world and success is viewed as being the best. You got to be the best at, at your craft, whether it's, uh, whether you're a nurse, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you own your own business or whether you're a chef, whatever, you got to be the best at it. But I think being the best at something is closing the door on growing, closing the door on getting better at your craft. I think getting better versus being the best needs to be talked about. And we have to understand that being the best is cool, but there's a stopping point to that. Yeah. But getting better is a continual motion of, I'm not gonna stop that every day, I'm not gonna settle, I'm not gonna just stand by just being an okay preacher or being a, a pretty good leader or pre- being a pretty good dad or mom. Like I wanna get better and grow every single day. Yeah. And to self-evaluate myself and say, am I growing? Am I in a rut? Am I staying the same? Because I'm the best at what I'm called to be. And so trying to make leadership simple, of saying, okay, you can be the best. I'm all for it. But that's just putting a ceiling on what God wants to do in your life. Wow. Instead of saying, hey, let's try to get better. Let's grow. And let's make this journey about saying, hey, we're not going to be the best until we see Jesus face to face. If we're talking spiritually. Yeah. And just, why not just take this journey we have on Earth, this blessing we have and uh, make the most of it and st- sticking in a, in a good pace, in a good motion for your life, uh, not settling for being mundane and average. Mm. And so that's kind of where I'm at is like, how do I how do I get students to, to understand that? Yeah. How do I get adults that have signed up to be in our youth ministry to see that, hey, we're not trying to be the best youth ministry because one, we're not trying to compete with anybody. One, we're not trying to be, you know, self-glorifying either. So how can we just get better? Because if we get better, our students will be better because of it. If we get better, your life will get better. And so just how do we just get better? So all these things, our hard work, our our dedication spills over to every single thing that we do. And so as we as a leader grow, as we get better, everything around us is going to be affected by it, but in in a positive aspect. Mm. And so that's kind of where we're at because leadership sometimes can be so complicated. Yeah. And, you know, we can use big words and we can use, uh, you know, textbook size books to to figure it out. But sometimes it's as simple as, man, how am I leading myself? Yeah. And what do I need to change? Who do I need to surround myself with? How do I need to talk? What resources do I need to get attached to? And uh, make the changes so I can get on that journey of getting better. And so that's kind of where I'm at, man. And I feel like if I can get people to catch that vision, um, I think it could change everything because that's where I'm at because I know the flaws that I have. I know the, the mistakes that I have or, or the, th- or the people that are around me. Yeah. And so I have no choice, but to get better. And so that's kind of where my headspace and what I'm really passionate about going, going forward in my life and people around me.
1: Yeah. So you said something uh, earlier, we were talking before the recording and you said, I'm trying to make leadership less sexy and more simple Um, What would you say to the person listening to this? Maybe they're a pastor and they're leading a ministry or maybe they're leading a business or maybe they're just leading their own life, whatever the the case may be. What would you tell the person who cares more about looking like they're getting better than actually getting better day by day? What would you say to that person?
0: I would just say if I was to go by my leadership mantra, like leadership 101 of what I try to be, is just be a normal person, just be a normal person. And again, when I say that, it doesn't even sound sexy, right? Like, like I need something to, to, I need a rhyme scheme or something like that. But for me, it's like a leader is somebody who's approachable to anybody, not based on status or how well they know you or, or how many followers they have on Instagram or what opportunities they can give you. If you make a connection, it's just, Hey, I'm approachable because I want to make sure I remind myself that I'm not a big deal. Yeah. That I'm not that cool. That I'm not, um, I'm not special, you know? Um, Something that I, I have to remind myself that being a youth pastor in America is not a cool job. Right. And it'd be cool to like the people I see on Fridays, but I'm not a cool person. If I walk in, down South beach in Miami and say, Hey, I'm a youth pastor. What do you do? It's like, well, get away from me. I don't want to hear about
1: right. Jesus. So right.
0: it's just a reminder to myself and, that i just want to be normal i want to make sure that i can be approachable people can call me mm. people can uh email me people can say hey can i have uh, some moment of your time to pick your brain about something or hey i'm going through something with uh, my parents or hey i'm i'm having like literally one of the things i've been doing is trying to help people with their budgets like yeah. helping people get financially better and that's not like it's not even part of my job description <laughs> but i feel like that's a normal thing right yeah but like i didn't you know, going into my marriage uh, with my wife, um, we didn't have a, a financial plan, and so it caused a lot of friction. But we we got resources, we got better, and so now we know how to budget, and do these things. And so now I'm helping our, our leaders. Like, hey, that's cool. We can talk about youth ministry, but do you have a budget? Mm. <laughs> do you have like do you know where your do you know where your restaurant money is going? Do you know where your yeah. like all these things? Right. I just feel like a leader is just helping helping people with life, yes. not with getting things for your own selfish ambition mm. uh, using people as a tool for your gain. Um, and that's a tough one, man, because it be so easy. Yeah. Right. And um, you have a vision you have a goal for your life. You have a dream and it can be so easy to have people become pawns of that scheme. Mm. And then once you attain your goal and your vision, you can just throw them away and forget about them. But I think being a normal person is saying, Hey, no, I have a dream. And I want my friends to be a part of this. I want people that I love to be around this. And so I would just say, simple leadership is just be a normal person it's and so talk like a normal person, yeah. and just yeah. um, be equal footing with everybody, no matter what status or title you have. And I think that'll and that's a leader worth following. Yeah, because I wouldn't want to follow somebody who um, feels bigger than what they actually are. Wow, who feels. Um, I don't know. It's just one of those weird things where I think COVID really opened my eyes to what a real leader is. Yeah, and I want to be more about that. And that's just being a normal person. Yeah, as simple as I put it. And if we can get to that point, I think it's going to help a lot of people.
1: Yeah, I was talking with a guy the other day, and he said, uh, you know, with COVID, he he said. You know, a lot of people think COVID is the reason people left their ministry or left their church or left their leadership team. And he was speaking specifically to leadership teams. He said, if people left your leadership team, it's because you may not have ever been leading them. Um, he He said, our team got bigger. Because people wanted to be a part of vision, people wanted to be encouraged, people wanted to make a difference, and I, you know, Phil, I just I know for you that you live a life and you lead in a way that is less attractive but more approachable, um, and I just yeah. feel like that is so important. So I, I want to kind of take a turn. Um, if you could put anything, I love asking this question. If you could put anything on a billboard that let's let, millions of people are going to see today, what would you? Put on a billboard. I um on
0: Twitter there was a I think a graffiti artist that that uh he tagged up um, a billboard. Don't know where, but it said "Built for the long haul."
1: Mm.
0: Long haul, and I love it. It's literally my Twitter background, and I don't know if it's promoting like crime, right? Like, <laughs> oh, you guys are promoting graffiti, but it was really cool, and so I put it there. Uh, but it was it was built for the long haul. And if I was to put it something on a billboard it would be that mm. and again what sparked i guess curiosity or, or caused me to to go in deep thought about it was am i doing things in my own life where i can say i'm built for the long haul whether it's ministry whether it's marriage whether it's family um whatever whatever your specific situation is can you do it for a long time and can you do it for a long time really well right um because i, I don't want to be a youth pastor just for a certain amount of time when I can feel like if I can if I can do things, whether it's my health, whether it's my timing or time management, whether it's balancing my marriage and ministry, making sure that's healthy. If I could do those things right, it'll create longevity in the success that I see in my specific field. Mm. And so if I want to be a doctor for a long time, I want to make sure that I'm doing the things now that I can say, no, I'm built for the long haul. I can keep doing this because I have, my life in check I have my time management in check I have uh, my health is doing well Uh, my family's doing well everybody's in balance Everything again life happens things are going to happen but if we can take the things that we can control and say hey I look at x y and z and everything is where it's supposed to be I'm healthy I'm doing things I'm in a good mental place then I will be built for the long haul Mm. and um, and I think that's kind of where I I, want to be is like am I doing things now is my, is my marriage in a place? Is my family in a place? Is my relationship with my leaders in a place where I can say, I see success in my future for a very long time? Mm. Uh, not financially, not anything like that, but just my purpose and walking in what God has for me. Will I be doing it for a long time? Or am I setting myself up because of how I'm living now? Who's around me? Wow. The things that I'm, I'm a part of cutting my future short even though I don't know it because I'm living in the now wow but I'm not built long I'm built for the right now and right now mm. is cool but right now is not my focus the long haul and doing this doing youth ministry well or doing church well doing ministry well building leaders well for the long haul is my goal not not the right now and um, yeah I think that's what I would say. And I'll probably hire the guy who did it to put
1: it up. Hey, that is, yes, that's spot on, bro. Come on. That is so good. You know, I I love uh, Hot Pockets, you know, and uh, I think I learned this habit in college because I needed things to be heated up quickly and edible quickly, right? Especially if you're running late for class. And I think early on in ministry field, one of the things I learned quick was that you can't have Hot Pocket purpose. And Mm. it's like, it may taste good in the moment, it may you yeah. may think it's doing what it needs to do, but if you, if it's happening quickly, most of the time it is not what's supposed to be happening. And so what would you yeah. what would you tell the person that's listening and maybe they're rushing a process or maybe they're rushing their purpose or maybe they're frustrated because they have to wait a little bit? Um, what would you tell that person just maybe to get unstuck if they feel stuck?
0: Yeah, I would say. Focus on getting better, not going bigger. Mm. Simple as that. Mm. And, and what I mean by that is that I think getting better as a human being, as a leader, uh, getting better in your craft, it takes time. Like you said, you know, you could go the hot pocket route or you could take your time to make a filet mignon. That's hey, going to take a little bit longer, but it's go. going to take a lot better. Yes. <laughs> and, uh, and so I think getting better, having a vision of getting better already slows you down in a, in a healthy way. It gives you a good pace because if I'm trying to go bigger, one of the things I learned about youth ministry is when I go bigger, it takes more energy. It takes more time. Uh, it takes a lot of more, uh, relational capacity. It kind of, kind of causes stress with leaders because you're trying to get something right now, right now. And you're not worried about feelings. You're not worried about anything. He's like, you won't, I, I need, you know, I need this done. Um, it just burns you out. Yes. And, uh, when I became a youth pastor my whole thing was like events, 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 events. Mm. We're going to take the city. Like we're going to reach everybody for Jesus and we're going to pack this church out. And again, we did it, but at what cost? Right. I mean, every Friday it was an event. Every Friday we were, you know, we didn't even, it was almost like we couldn't even enjoy the moments or make memories of the past Friday because we were already thinking about the next Friday? So we're on the go, go bigger. How do we get bigger? How do we, how do we, more giveaways, more, more? and I'm not knocking those things. Right. It was just the pace that we were going Because of the goal of going bigger. Mm. But now year four, I can say, man, right now I'm just trying to get better. Mm. And getting better is being patient with the process. Getting patient with how do I take my leaders from A to B so they can get better all together? Wow. You know, how do I grow their biblical knowledge? How do I grow their leadership capacity? How do I do all these things? It's not going bigger. Mm. It's just getting better day by day and saying, hey, this is a process. Here's what we're going to do. And there's no rush. Yes. There is There's literally no rush right. to greatness. Mm. And um, and I think if everybody could just slow down and say, hey, you know, you know, the, the cliche saying is like Rome wasn't built in a day. It's, it's the truth. You're, yeah. you're, your purpose and your dream and your vision is not going to come in a blink of an eye. Mm. Um, enjoy the process. Enjoy the ride. And uh, make sure you're trying to get better and not trying to go bigger and rush everything and burn out in the long run and to have some regret in your life that you kind of don't want to have. And so I would definitely say that because I've been there myself and that's what's helped me get through that process.
1: I love that. And, and, you know, for those listening right now, I just want you to ask yourself, like if you are in a hurry, I just want you to ask and say, just, just be honest with yourself, ask, say, why am I in a hurry? And I I think what will come out of that, you're going to see that whatever that thing is, that it's not God. Um, yeah. I just have never really seen God be in a hurry with my life. It's always a process. It's always learning by trial and error. It's all, you know, and he loves us enough to give us another shot. And so, um, man, I'm interested, Phil, if you were to go back in the day um, to young, young whippersnapper, Phil, like back way back when it may be, maybe it's wow. childhood or maybe you could even go back to your first time leading something. Okay. Um, what would you go back and tell yourself? This is a tough
0: one. I, I, I can wrestle with a couple of thoughts. You know, we can hit that point of don't be in a rush. That was for sure a big one. You know, don't be, don't be in a rush to be an adult. Enjoy your, your childhood. Enjoy your youth um, because nobody wants to pay bills. Nobody wants to do house payments and things like that. Um, but I would say is, for me, is learn how to be more intentional, Hmm. Uh, intentional with everything that I do Um, intentional with my time uh, where my where my energy goes um, who I'm doing life with who I'm building up who's pouring into me um, encouraging people being more intentional about things that that I would want a leader to do for me yeah Uh, for example uh, me and my wife have date nights it's every Monday night but it wasn't always like that you know we've been pretty consistent every Monday it's it's going down. We're gonna watch a movie. We're gonna cook. We're gonna go out to eat somewhere. You know, date nights happen on Monday nights, but it wasn't always like that. Yeah, we used to have them on Thursday nights, and um, the reason why we changed is because we weren't intentional mm. and we didn't write it in our calendars. We didn't. We didn't. We didn't remind each other because on Thursdays something always popped up. Wow, there was always with church. There was always something with a family member, and we felt like everything cut into our date night. But the moment we made it intentional and said, no, because we care about our marriage, because we love each other, because this is important,
1: so good, we're going to
0: be intentional and say, if you go on my calendar right now, it says date night, probably has a circle around it, probably has stars, whatever it may be. And date night happens, the moment, you know, Monday's my day off. And so it's one of those things where like, I'm hanging out, playing Call of Duty most of the day, but when my wife gets home. The PS4 is off and we hang out and we, we, we watch movies. We do again, it, it's just spending time with each other. Right. right. All, all being intentional. Until you're intentional about going after your dreams. You'll never see it. Mm. You'll never person until you're intentional about being a better person, about being a better leader, making those changes. You'll never do it. It's being intentional, meaning how badly do I want to be successful? How badly do I want to be great? How bad do I want to get better? If your answer is really bad, then you're going to be intentional and make the changes, Uh you know, do the things you need to do to see that success happen and wow. get on the right path wow. of being who you want to be and who God's called you to be. And mm. so being intentional for sure, because I was younger, I wasn't intentional about anything. It was just, man, yep. life was, man, life was, I was going to say life, life was a highway. Yes. And
1: uh, <laughs> Phil, <laughs> was one of those what- things where- what was? What would you tell? I know that we have a lot of uh, young pastors that listen to this. What would you tell the the leader or the pastor that's way more focused on growing the thing that they have been entrusted with than growing their marriage or their relationship with their spouse? What would you What would you say? Oh
0: my gosh! Growing your ministry will never satisfy you more than growing your marriage mm. or growing your family or growing whatever it may be. Just family life, your your own relationship with Jesus. And for me, I learned that the hard way. It got to the point where we were all about numbers. We we're all about cool Instagram pictures. And again, not 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 our team. It was just my, my vision of what I felt like I needed to do be, to be a successful youth pastor, to be successful in my own craft, to the point where I was more frustrated. I was more competitive. Yeah. I was more ordinary. Like I wasn't a good person to be around because I felt like, I set certain expectations that if our leaders didn't meet it, they, you know, again, I would lash out. It was just an unhealthy place to be. And I love this COVID season for me personally, because it's kind of stripped away what I thought success in youth ministry looked like. Mm. For me, it's like, you know, we had a night and again, and I I hope that whoever's listening, I don't say numbers um, to ever uh, promote myself or to look cool. I'm just, you know, this is an example I want use um we had a really low night probably our lowest night uh in the history of cover youth ever and it was the it was one of the best nights we've ever had because the culture because of us wanting to get better as leaders and get better in carrying our culture that we have it felt incredible worship was still incredible the preaching was great it wasn't even me preaching it was one of our incredible leaders that preached and they killed it um the pre-show was energetic. The, the connect groups were edifying. And it was just beautiful. And it didn't matter the number. It was just, man, we're getting better. So and when we get better, we're going to see the fruit of it. And not be disappointed by a superficial achievement. But no, there's people that got saved, that raised their hand to accept Jesus. Yeah. We're doing things that we need to get. And it doesn't matter if there's 5, 10, 15 kids. Man, we were we were pumped. And we all had Taco Bell at 12 at midnight. Hey, let's it, go. It was um, and we loved it and it got us pumped and we've been pumped every single friday because of that because our 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 vision our aim and what we're going for in youth ministry now is not about those superficial things mm. and i feel like pre-covid and this is just me talking to personally i'm not here to to bash those if you want right. to have healthy data and healthy numbers because it shows right. you know we're doing something right but again um it just got to the point where that became the obsession. Mm. And for me, it was like, I, I, you know, they send me the numbers of the count. And so then, you know, it's great. Whatever we put in our data and we, we, we're going to look at it at the end of the year and stuff like that. But for me, yeah, um, I walk into a Friday night and I feel this is it. I feel at peace. This is where we're going. Everybody's clicking. And um, that's how it should be. Yep. And so if you're struggling with that, man, just, just know um, you can make the change quick and just get around some people that are going to help you buy into the vision. It'll be incredible.
1: So good. I was reminded of a verse. I, I just pulled it up. I shared it this past weekend. Uh, Psalm 34, it says, Oh, magnify the Lord with me. Let us lift up his name together. I sought the Lord and he answered me and he delivered me from all of my fears. When I was reading that, um, Feel the thing that stood out to me was the word magnify. And I started thinking about the days that I didn't pay attention in science, uh, which was every every day in science. <laughs> <That's> um, <laughs> but this is the thing I remember when you use a magnifying glass, the thing that you magnify is the thing that gets bigger. And, 100%. you know, but the thing what's really interesting is that everything around that thing seems to get smaller. And so when we say magnify, glorify, lift up, you know, the name of Jesus, whatever the thing may be, I just want to ask the person listening right now, because you know, if we were to even break it down even more, what I think what Phil is, is saying is that, you know, he he's magnifying the right thing, and uh, I, I know for me, bro, when I was especially young in leadership, like we're both 30 which is crazy. You know, a lot of people say it's the dirty 30, but I, I this is when Jesus started his ministry, baby. So, um yeah, I, I just, I read. I read. this is prime, prime time. <laughs> um I, I would just ask you today boldly, what are you magnifying? Um yeah. if it is you, if it's yourself, if it's uh if it's a if it's anything other than Jesus, you just need to caution yourself because um just like COVID exposed many things. I just believe that there's. it's only a matter of time before you self-destruct. And so, Phil, I want to ask you, bro, I mean, it, you just brought up such a good point. What, what would you tell the person who's listening? And maybe they're magnifying the wrong thing. And it seems like the issues in their life are so big and the problems are so big and circumstances are so big. And everything else is small, their purpose, their potential, the, the God they yeah. What would you tell that person?
0: I would say, do you have people around you that can grab the magnifying glass from your hand mm. and just give a little bit? Because I know for me, if I didn't have one, my wife, um, my parents, but also the core group of leaders around me that I gave permission to say, hey, if I'm doing something wrong or if I'm not... I'm not backing up what I'm saying, or I'm not leading, you know, there's something off. Yeah. You can talk to me just yeah. like Nathan did with David. You know, I think a lot of us, we want that David, that David calling that David purpose, but we don't want to have a Nathan in our life that tells us what we need to hear wow. and, tell and tells us we're wrong. It tells us Hey, you messed up, dude. And you need to fix this. Mm-hmm. And you need to get off your high horse because this is not what God intended for you. Wow. Uh, that's what, that's been the biggest thing for me. And so if I'm on my magnifying glass and I'm looking for like numbers, numbers, or uh, influence, influence, or Instagram followers, or, or speaking engagements, whatever it may be, I'm not saying those are bad things, but when we magnify them, sometimes we get so tunnel vision that we just, we lose sight of what's really important. Mm. And so some of us need people that grab the magnifying glass and say, hey, let's, let's step back. Let's remember why we do this. It's Let's great remember when we, we weren't even on team. we weren't even youth pastors. Like we were just, we were just stacking chairs Yeah. and we stacked chairs because we love Jesus and we want people to know about Jesus so and nice. to have a seat in the church. Um, that's what's really helped me in life. And so I would, I would, if you're listening to this, I would say, who, who are those people in your life that have the, that have the right and can really step in and say, Hey, we gotta, we gotta take a step back and say, Why are we doing this? What's our purpose? Have we lost sight of the goal? Have we lost sight on Jesus? And, and take a step back and and have conversations with healthy dialogue, healthy friction, healthy conflict um, to get you on the right path. Because that's that's the most thing I've learned about that. I want to be open to healthy dialogue, even if it's uncomfortable, even if I don't like it Mm. because there's no growth, if I just had yes people around me, yeah. Um, a lot of pastors uh, we've seen in the past have fallen from grace or fallen from uh, this this calling because of the surroundings that they're in. Mm. And so I never want that to be me. And so again, I think being a normal person, remembering who you are, but also having the right people in your life to speak into you can help you kind of kind of say, hey, let's let's get that focus, let's get that magnifying glass in another direction and focus on what's most important uh, for our ministry during this time, in this moment.
1: That is so good. And dude, I've heard it said this way, and I've got one more question for you. Uh, I've heard it say that some of the weakest teams um, are due to a leader that is not willing to confront because what you will not confront will not change. And right, uh, I'm not right. saying it's all the leader's responsibility, but the, th- the reality is if you're listening to this and you do not like confrontation, I l- I love it probably too much. It uh, causes <laughs> a lot of friction, you know? And so, yeah. um, but the thing is, is you've got to be willing to have these healthy confrontational conversations that are going to sharpen you. They're going to make you stronger. And uh, I know that Phil, you're a leader that does that. So I- I've got one question uh, left and we'll we'll close this thing down. If you had to uh, today, this is I love asking uh, people this question. If you if you had yeah, to write but- an impromptu message uh, to help the person who is listening win in leadership life or ministry, uh, what would that be and why?
0: I would say if I was to you know do the the three point sermon, it would be <laughs> um, check yourself, check your surroundings, and check your why. Mm. You can do do those three things, um, you know, weekly, monthly basis. I think it'll be a good, um, just a good soul cleansing for yourself wow. and to kind of evaluate what's going on on the inside and also what's going on on the outside. I think you got to check yourself because you can't lead yourself. You can't lead anybody else. Yes. If you can't help you can't help yourself. You can't help anybody else. And um, you got to make sure you're okay, whether it's your mental, your social, your your physical, your emotional. Uh, we have to. We have to. Um, you know, this is this this ministry is hard. Working with people, whether you're not in ministry or not, working with people is hard. The best part about ministry is the people. Yes. The worst part about ministry is, is the, the people. people. <laughs> it's the people. And so, man, I, I feel like you gotta have a, a um, just a a steady habit of getting alone with God, getting alone with a therapist, um, your wife, your husband people, mentors, people around you that can, that you could be a hundred percent, no filter with and share what's on your mind and not live with things boiling up and building up like a pressure cooker. until yeah. the moment it gets to the point of, of overflow. Then check your surroundings. Who's around you? Who's backing you up? Who's encouraging you? Who's uh, who's, who's cheering you on? Who's, who's, who's with you in this thing for real? Who's yeah. really on your side not to gain any selfish motivation, but to see your dream, uh, come to path to be a part of your vision, to just be a good friend that you can talk to that can keep you accountable. And then check your why, um, why do you get up in the morning and do what you do? Yes. If you've lost your way, check your, why, what, where did I lose my Where did I lose my passion? Where did I lose my purpose? Where did I lose my ambition? Where did I lose my, my drive and my grit to go after mm. these things? And, um, And I think if you can ask those things on a daily basis, obviously there's always more, but again, I think it's always, you start with yourself. You start with who's around you and then you start with where you want to go. And if you forgot where you want to go and you forgot what's driving you, um, check it and Mm -hmm. figure it back out because um, you'll be lost without it. And so I would say those three things for me are something I ask myself uh, to stop me or to prevent me from being stale uh, from being just, just short of what God has for me. And I never want that. And so I think those three things will, will help us uh, big time with with whatever we're doing in life,
1: 100%. Gosh, that is so good, Phil. And hey, man, thank you again for being on here today. And y'all, we'll have uh, Phil's Uh, social media stuff down below in the description. So be sure to go check him out in the ministry that he leads. And uh, just to remind you guys, man, share this with somebody to help them. Uh, I know that this is going to be helpful for you, for your ministry, for your marriage. Phil, do you have anything else you want to leave them with before we shut this thing down? If you've never been to
0: Arkansas, (laughs) I'm telling you right now, don't let it fool you. Don't let the, the the naysayers, it is the natural state is beautiful it's amazing that's right uh, you should go it's incredible that's the right. nicest people in the world
1: i love it southern hospitality phil thank you for being <laughs> on here bro
0: love you man thank you so much bro
1: Thank you again for joining us on today's episode. We are so honored to help you win in life, leadership, and ministry. Find us on all social media platforms at Helping You Win Podcast. And then also, man, if you would go subscribe and leave us a review, it would help us a ton. And share it on social media. We believe that we lead better when we lead together.